The Bite Goes On is up next, but first, check out this other great show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Destination Eat Drink. This week, it's all about sweets and desserts, including a nun who steals. Maria Grammatico, she was the one that went to the convent, but uh, she was able to stay only 15 years, and she opened in 1963 in Erich her own uh, pastry shop, stealing the recipe from the convent. So she was kind of discommunicated by the church. <laughs> they were so mad of her. Download Destination Eat Drink today on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. All right. Hey, welcome to The Bike Goes On. This is Brian Casey with my friend, the sheltered in place, Sandra Bernstein. Oh, I lost my good friend, my yeah. great friend, my <laughs> I decided, friend. yeah, I needed to change the intro up a little bit, so. Yeah, uh, you're, yeah you're my more... sheltered in place. Well, today I went more information than anybody needs, but I went and had a mammogram this morning. That was really Ooh, cool. tell us about that. <laughs> you want to know how she squished my boobs? Yeah, yeah. I want you to share horrible. some information. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, it, it is important to get a mammogram, though. Let's put is. that out there, it right? Is. Yeah. Yes, yes, it is. I'm glad that they're doing them. They're they like, are. You know? And they were yep. so professional, honestly, because, you know, you go in, they took my temperature, you know, they have, I mean, really as good as you can be. So if you can't feel safe in the hospital. Where can you feel safe? Right. We'll see. If I come down with something in the next few weeks, you know, it came from the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I am really excited because I have been like a lurker. I... <laughs> I love, no, that was, that's rugby. Yeah. Rugby. Um, yeah, just like so excited for your restaurant to open. I am um, a huge um, proponent for new businesses and people that are getting into things for their first time. And we actually have a foundation where, you know, we give grants to people that are, you know, kind of wanting to add a project or something to their business. So oh, it's just cool. been, yeah, it's been really good, but it's just been so unfortunate that I haven't been able to come yet. And I have heard nothing but amazing things, seriously. Um, you know, I love your Instagram posts and your feeds and it's just been, I, I, it does give me the goosebumps because the better, the better restaurants and food and experiences that we can have in a town, the better we're all going to do. And I just love our community and trying to, you know, bring us together on like important things and, you know, just have a space and, you know, restaurant people love restaurant people and they understand, you know, being there. But anyway, so we have Lauren and Stephanie and Emma from Valley, three out of the four owners, I guess, right? Valley girl. Yes, all the girls. <laughs> the Girl Valley power. Girls. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Did you just say, oh my God? Oh like, my God. Valley. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But um, so, how long have you all known each other? Um, Lauren and I met working at Scribe in 2014. Yeah and um, sort of 
immediately started connecting over a shared love for or shared desire for um you know having a space of some kind of, we thought maybe like a cafe uh-huh and we met steph in the summer of 2018 and tanner between yeah uh-huh you've known tanner for like i've known years. yeah tanner and i met in during our new york days so i've known him since like i think i've known tanner since 2007 um but we we started dating like three years ago and very cool yeah yeah so i know so i mean from what i understand you're two couples owning this business together which I can't even, it cracks me up when one couple opens a business together and how they live with each other and the decisions and who gets to do what. But wow, add on uh, another couple. We have another couple that work here also um, in, in the restaurant or part of our team. So yeah, we're definitely like a true family business. Which is really cool. It is cool. Yeah. It feels nice. Yeah. Well, if they don't start out as your family, they eventually become your family. The ones that you want anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Chosen. um, Yeah. And Brian, um, Brian and I worked together for years and he's now, I don't even know what your official title is at the Fairmont anymore. Oh, I, I figured out. I'm so they brought me back not as a psalm because they didn't. They don't, we don't really need a psalm right now. Um, so they call me a major D, and I didn't know what it was, but I figured it out. It's French for you do everything. Exactly. <laughs> you are the schlepper of all schleppers. You I'm pick up. <laughs> you pick up the tools and the, the 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 towels in the cabana. You do dishes. You do the wine tasting. You do whatever. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. When, when did you think you were going to open before COVID landed? Like, because you've had that space for a good amount of time. Yeah, we've had it for almost a year. And we did sort of have an initial optimism of opening by the holidays last year. But as soon as we started actually working on the space, it was evident to us that that was not going to work out. Really? Like, With our city of Sonoma? exactly um and so then we were hoping for march um which then then was not you know able to happen because of right and and we should mention that you guys are in the old the spot where harvest moon was before so on the square in sonoma yeah. Yeah. And Jen, what Jen called you and said, Hey, you guys, you want to take over my space? Cause I don't even think it hit the market. No. And we, we know full well, <clears throat> we wouldn't have had the opportunity to get our hands on the space had they not come to us directly. It's oh, very cool. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I met Jen and Nick through coming in. I was, I came into Harvest Moon a lot, but um, we were looking at some other, possible spaces and in one of those moments where we were sitting at city hall to kind of go over some plans on a different space that we were curious if we could get a change of use on um jen and nick were there with plans for baker and cook so they were already planning on opening i don't know if it was in the the space that they're in now i don't know if it was another location but they were already looking i think to 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 be in the location Mm -hmm. 
but I don't know at that point if they were going to be doing it in addition to harvest me, you know, I don't know what their, their plans were, but I just mentioned, you know, I've always loved the space. And if you ever are thinking of moving on from the space, you know, call me, please. That is exactly what I said to Craig Miller and Tim, who own the Sonoma Hotel, about where the girl in the wow. fig is now. We were in Glen Ellen, and I'm mm -hmm. like, when you guys are tired of playing restaurant, will you please tell me? I love that location. I didn't think it was going to yeah, happen. So I'm give a bow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Same. and I know, but what kismet to actually like be in City Hall, like focused on something and then that happens like a snowball from you know the universe like giving you that opportunity that's incredible that they were totally. there yeah. yeah i mean mm -hmm. really cool they they did a good job and they certainly were um you know very well liked in the community and her nutella donuts are just wrong i mean <laughs> seriously i mean in the personal Oh, the croissant. Yeah, she's she's quite the baker. Yeah. So, yeah. How did you, you know, conceptually like I haven't really been able to I couldn't put my finger on and say, "Oh, Valley is a blank other than a, you know, cool wine country wine bar slash tasty. I, I mean, you know, I don't think you fall in a cliched uh, category of food. True? Very true. It's something we've struggled with, I think, since day one of people, the first question everybody asks is, what kind of restaurant is it? And it's right. a really hard question to ask, I think. I'll, yeah. I'll look to these. Well, we, we think of our food as California home cooking. Okay. We're emphasizing the ingredients. I mean, that's mm -hmm. our primary interest is in sourcing and um, going to the markets and having a relationship with farmers and purveyors and cool vendors and or vendors with cool stuff, I should say. And, <laughs> you know, honoring those products and, and cooking what we want to eat. Yeah. Simple, rustic, unfussy food. Mm -hmm. And we always wanted, it was always important to us that it be, uh, be craveable as well. That was always a word that we threw around early on that, you know, we didn't want it to just be like, you know, th th it needed to be a little bit, uh, like not all like too healthy, I guess. Like there needed to be some like, yeah, well, we, we want it to feel nourishing and comforting, mm -hmm. you know, versus right. austere. Well, which really came into focus during the quarantine when we were like, okay, we really need to feed people food that makes them feel a certain Take, way. Taken care yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also been interesting because without tourism driving our our client, our our guest profile, you know, we have we're really running a locals joint. Mm -hmm. which is great. We always wanted to serve the local community. That's actually the primary reason why we wanted to have a place. But certainly, as you could attest to, Sandra, is not always who comes comes to the places around here, right. you know, right. normally. And, but, we're, you know, we're running a locals, a locals restaurant right yeah. now, a neighborhood restaurant. And that's is awesome. Is it sustainable? All the more is it sustainable you know, right now? Uh, ask me next month, you know, I mean, like it's yeah. month to month, 
right now last so no the answer is the answer no. is really no i mean it's really <laughs> the answer is no yeah. i mean with, with reduced seating um without reduced overhead it is uh very challenging yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's it's brutal. I um, I was invited to speak to Congress again. Well, I don't know if I was allowed to say that out loud, but anyway, um, on Thursday, this will be my second time, and it's so crazy because I'm not a big political person, so I don't really know the steps and whatever, but I've got to sign stuff, and I feel like I'm going to have to get something notarized and just really, but just impacting like what is happening to small businesses and restaurants and, you know, what is it going to look like, you know, next year? What is the square going to look like? What are, you know, I think like if we're struggling and we've been at it for 23 years and, you know, how are other people, you know, doing and how, how do we just keep above it? Uh, it's going to be interesting, but I think that from an outsider looking in, you guys are doing amazing and your stuff comes across really heartfelt. And I would guess that's what you want it to feel like because I mean, I feel that strongly and like, I can't wait to eat the food. But, um, you know, it's, it's one day at a time, one step at a time, you know, um, people telling other people i mean not having the huge amount of tourists in town is night it's night and day you know we would do 70 percent of our business in you know 70 percent would be tourists 30 percent locals and then winter it would flip we are down a hundred thousand guests from 2019 so far this year yeah that's insane how many people you know, and so they're going to come back because Sonoma is so amazing. Yeah, um, and Sandra, you got me on a positive day today. I'm, I'm number one. I think what it's cool that you guys were you sort of um, had this opportunity to get your local clientele base going, and so that's gonna that's like the base of the pillar. That's like your foundation, so that then when the tourists do start coming, that's just. The, you know, yeah. that's the bonus. Overflow. And then in the in the slow times of year, then you still have your local clientele base. And they're the ones that tell the people that are visiting, you know, where to go. Mm -hmm. I um, was telling some people at the Fairmont um, a few weeks ago, oh, you guys got to go check out Valley. And the couple next to them said, oh, my God, we went there twice last week. We were only supposed to go once and we had reservations somewhere else. But we went back. To that's Valley. awesome. And then that's our awesome. um, our chef Jared Reeves, um, him and his wife um, Renee, who also she works at the front desk at the hotel, um, th they had heard me talk about it, so they went in there last week and they said, "Oh my God, thank you so much for the recommendation." Uh, is Tanner from Kansas City? He's from he's from Kansas. Okay. Kansas City, Missouri, but they had a nice little. Oh, yeah, he was very excited about that. And of course, it's football season. So I'm sure they were talking about football, too. Um, but I'm I'm hopeful. You know, I feel like we're getting close. I think San Francisco is is um, online and Napa and Marin. And I think, you know, I'm hoping that Sonoma is going to come online here um, within the next month. And, you know, with the weather changing, we all, I think, would love to move inside. I was telling Sandra earlier, I'm tired of um, serving food in bento boxes and wine in plastic cups. So it will be great to, um, to actually move inside. You guys were lucky enough that you had an existed, 
an existing patio um, because otherwise, I mean, you just, (laughs) I don't know what you would have done if you didn't have the patio. Would you have like moved out onto the street or the square? We would have probably done what you're doing on the corner. We would have applied for one of the the park spaces. It's horrible. I, I, I mean, I actually, I walk Manny every day around the square, and when I see your team rolling their rigs out, A, I'm so impressed by the gear, and B, I, I think I have done that, you know, and the schlep, and I'm just like, oh, God, luckily it's only, you know, 200 feet of rolling, but still, I know how much work that is, and yeah. I am glad that we're not doing that. Although I'm, I'm glad for you as well. <laughs> very grateful to have that if we yeah. didn't have the patio. Yeah, we have Sky doing it right out front yeah. of our space, mm-hmm. and you know, Jamie doesn't have any outdoor space to speak of. So I'm so glad that's an option for people that don't yes. have it. Yeah. But for us to have had to apply for the additional insurance and the catering license and all the other stuff that it was going to cost. ABC and the, yeah. yeah it's, we just couldn't afford it. We wanted to do it, but we just couldn't afford it. Yeah. yeah. No, and, and honestly, I couldn't tell you that since we started to now that we have done anything but break even and give people opportunity to work during this time which is which is fine you know i mean it's better than nothing it's better than you know everybody collecting unemployment but the effort you know of getting all that stuff over there and the tables being made and you know i'm grateful for it but it's it's I don't know. It's not the, it's not the dream. Yeah. No, it's no, not none of this dream. is my dream at all. You know, I mean, I spent the first three months being so angry, like, oh my God, I can't believe, you know, I've been doing this for 23 years. I'm turning 60 and this is what the beginning of retirement is going to look like. You know, not that I could ever retire, retire, but I'm like, I didn't think I'd have to start from like scratch almost, you know, like figuring this stuff out. And um, you, you have, I've seen, tell me about your safety thing, because you have something, I think that you're doing really well, from what I hear. Well, we, from the beginning, wanted to make sure that equity and risk was at play, and mostly equity and safety, but there is, of course, risk in anyone entering the world right now mm-hmm. uh, with what we know about COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we wanted to make sure that our staff was protected um, to the best of our abilities um, and that they felt really com- uh, comfortable working mm-hmm. and trusted us as employers that we were shepherding their safety. Um, so all of our systems are designed with that focus. Mm-hmm. And that no one role is at greater risk than another. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's huge. Yeah. That's and so that, yeah, that's why. So what we do is we have sort of a, I, it's not really a counter service because you don't like take a number or anything. You end up getting table service once you order, but it's sort of like ordering at a bar. Mm-hmm. Um, 
guests are asked to mask up to go up to order because we find that that initial conversation about you know asking questions about the food actually placing the order all that stuff mm-hmm. is where the servers are put at the greatest risk if they're at a table with a mask on but none of the guests have a mask right. on and we found it to be a little too challenging we want people once they kind of get to their table to feel like they can settle in a little bit everyone takes their mask off as soon as they sit down which is right. fine but by asking them to mask up and get up to order it sort of gives that opportunity for them to be like oh yes i i'm going to mask too i'm going to protect the mm-hmm. staff just as much as the staff is protecting me yeah so that's, no, that's awesome yeah and we do is- ask we do ask our guests that if they're going to have any you know prolonged interaction with our staff at the table to remask up and not everyone puts their masks on when we come to drop food or clear food, but a lot of people do, yeah. and we appreciate that. It just sort of sets a precedent, a precedent that we're in a place where everyone's taking care of each other right. um, when we start the experience like that. And yeah, um, yeah it, it feels good. It feels really yeah. good. The first, the first like two weeks, I think, that we were open on the plaza and open at on the patio, we had more of people like, I don't want to put my mask on. I don't really give a shit. I'm going to walk to the restroom. And it felt like constant. Um, I mean, even the one or two days that I was there, it was like, sir, can you please put your mask on? I need mm-hmm. you to go get your mask. And it was like, who wants to be in this negative situation? I mean, in a restaurant, you just want to embrace your guests and be excited they're there, not have to yell at them. Yeah. And people have gotten way better way way better they get it way better yeah yeah well people you know that in that first two weeks i was talking about this the other day there was a guest that came back to the hotel and they had been there in the first couple weeks that we opened and they were like people were out of control they were drinking a lot they were kind of loose having conversations they were in the pool and i said people were were getting a little wily because they were trapped for so long that that first couple weeks was like was like hitting the release valve you know all the pressure sort of coming out but now i think people you know people have settled into the fact that you're gonna wear masks and it's rare now that I have people, the, the new one for me is not, um, is not when I go to the table that most people, even if they don't put their mask all the way on, they just kind of hold it up against their mouth. Um, but it, now it's the, it's the touchy feely guest. It's the one that has had a couple glasses of wine and they go to grab you. And it's so weird. You're like, you know, like they're aliens, like get away from me. So yeah. it feels, it feels strange being in hospitality kind of, you know, backing away from people but right well it's a whole it's horrible you know to to not be supposed to handshake or hug or you know it's really hard yeah yeah it's i miss that the absolute most i mean i can't it's like now to think about how much energy i would get from hugging the staff or hugging friends or vendors and it's just like wow there's like this huge emptiness of not having that you know, that's a great idea, you guys, for when there is a vaccine, <laughs> is to get around the plaza and all you business owners, you can have Just one big group on. hug yeah. <laughs> like yeah, around like the plaza. It would be awesome. <laughs> Everyone's going to be too freaked out. <laughs> I know. <laughs> other, other than the, um, you know, the obvious or, you know, uh, safety and COVID and things like that, do you feel like your business has opened in the way it would have if you take all the pre-safety measures 
or do you feel like you had to change a lot of things because of this time that may go away in a year from now if we get a vaccine that's a good question there was always sort of an amorphous element to what valley would be you know we certainly had a lot of ideas but we never really knew how they would express themselves and so i can't say that this is what we imagined but also we're we we like it yeah so. we yeah no i just think that one of the things i've really enjoyed about opening regardless of the the times and all the extra stuff is valley telling us what it is yeah, totally. You know, there's this like reflexive, we're in relationship with this business mm -hmm. and it has its own essence that we're learning about. It's super cool. Yeah, the space has been like that. You know, the space has told us what it wants. You know, we kind of <laughs> try to discipline it, but it, <laughs> but it has it wants what it wants. It wants, what it wants and, yeah. 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 The food, the food has, a, you know, has its own personality. I know who's making the XO sauce. We do, yeah. Who? Who is it? You and Steph? Okay. And what was your past experience with XO sauce, and why did you want to bring that to your menu? It's a good question. Um, I mean, it's something that we had been had liked on a lot of menus, especially Chinese we, food. We were well, yeah. Mm -hmm. We were kind of. It was started sort of as like a, a chili crunch. I don't okay. know if you're familiar with that related condiment, but, um, and then we, we were just like making that and using that on things. And then we were like, this is so delicious. What are we going to put it on, you know, for Valley or is it going to be chicken or are we going to put it, whatever, uh, sweet potatoes. And, um, and then we were like, let's put some like chicken fat in it and let's, let, you know, <laughs> like, words, um, Nothing traditional about the EXO. Yeah, it's not a traditional EXO for sure. But yeah, I think we just like did an event where we're like, maybe we should dress eggs with it, and then we did, and we were like, there it is. Yeah. It's so <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't wait to taste it. Yeah, we, um, had, we of, had. Sorry, what I was gonna say. I was we just had, gonna say it's one of the when we talk about like the craveability, like it's kind of the first thing anyone gets. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, that's. Sorry. That's, yeah, that's how you do it, right? Get people addicted mm -hmm. to a few little things that they have to have. And you guys are doing, Lauren, I remember when we talked, it seems like five years ago when, when you were on the Winemakers podcast, but you, we, at that time you were talking about how you guys were gonna do the canned fish. Mm -hmm. And so you are doing that, right? And can you just tell us how that works? Like when people order it, what are they eating it with? Like, and what, and what the um, response has been like? Um, well, the response I could actually, I would have to defer to you because I don't talk to the guests quite as much, but, um, it's great. I mean, we, we source these, um, like we were, we're always concerned about sustainability and, you know, even though tin fish, it tends to, um, be a little bit more on the responsible side. We had to make sure that we were, you know, staying very squarely in, in that place. Yeah. Shellfish is a good option for Tins. Yeah. Not all little fish actually are. Shockingly. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. But we just, I mean, this was another like, you know, product of quarantine and us at home having happy hour again. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, sort of like, what do we want to eat with these 
cool razor clams. Mm -hmm. We'd like grab a bag of chips and a squeeze a lemon. And that was another one where we're like, there it is, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's awesome. And like, you know, just can't get enough of it, drinking the juice, you know. Yeah, yeah. it's the really, you know, savory and, and fun and really nice with wine. You know, just like a little easy thing. Uh, I do think every now and then there's a guest that's like, oh, I, I thought it was, you know, steamed clams. Um, ends up working out because the quality yeah. is so good. Yeah, we definitely make sure on the ordering side that people, when people order it, it's not like there's a, there's a bit of like, okay, so this is a conserva. Like, are you familiar with that? Like, we just make sure a little bit right. more hand-holding to make sure people are familiar with it. But people like it's it's the valley in general is inspired by not just our valley here but the many different valleys that are places of um culture and where winemaking making cultivation it's a place where like all that agriculture happens so it's the the menu and just like the what what we are is inspired by not just our valley but all the other wine regions around the world so it feels very much like traveling to Mm. San Sebastian or yeah, you know it's, it's about kind of a little bit transportive mm -hmm. um, and that's what we like about those dishes in particular I think is it's it's something that you would have at a cafe in Paris it's something you would have in a little seaside spot in San Sebastian it's a it's a very European sort of way of consuming mm -hmm. seafood that we're very behind yeah speaking of traveling um i my last trip was Mexico City and unfortunately mm -hmm. I didn't get to Contramar um there were just way too many places to go to i i feel bad because it's like people said oh you have to have those ahi tacos you know um but i and but you were at kala for a while or learn yeah i mean technically i still am oh, fantastic <laughs> yeah. are you do you write their wine yeah. list Mm hmm yeah oh, lauren so. has been the wine director Kala opened wow okay yeah That's, okay. yeah they did an event at um at scribe before Kala opened uh sort of more of a contramar event emma cooking with gabriella yeah, but it was Kala's debut it was Kala's debut That's oh, true. Huh. um and i was kind of at scribe then and um yeah, I gave them a pitch and the focus was, you know, because it's a seafood restaurant, I wanted to focus on seaside wines. So uh, Mediterranean wines, island wines, um, stuff that really pairs with seafood and they bought it and <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I gave the wine list from opening. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I still talk to Emma Rosenbush there regularly. They're just trying to figure out, you know, it's hard enough up here to do the restaurant thing, but in cities, it's just it's yeah, really impossible. I, I I do the wines, well, I did the wines also for a restaurant in New York called Westbourne. Mm -hmm. um, Camilla Marcus has been on the at the forefront of kind of roar and and the like restaurant association getting getting what they need from. I don't know if you've had any dealings with her when talking to to Congress. The save, save the rest. Save the rest. Yes. Yeah. And it closed a couple weeks ago, unfortunately, yeah. like devastatingly. So, sorry, my dog is barking. Give me one That's second. That's okay. <laughs> we always have a dog barking somewhere. <laughs> Makes it real. <laughs> um, and yeah. Sandra, you know, you guys were talking earlier about what kind of restaurant Valley is. For me, from, from 
from the time they open and looking at their menus and talking to people that have gone there, I think it's the kind of restaurant that industry people really like because like just what we've talked about, they've had their shared experiences from all over the world and kind of brought these little nuggets of things that, that were interesting to them all and under brought them under one roof. So like where, you know, where do you go someplace where they're putting, you know, XO sauce on the eggs and they're got the, the fish in the tin and the, the unique wines that, um, that Lauren is sourcing too. It's just for people who want to get kind of turned on, it's, it's like, it's like a spark when that, that kind of restaurant you go in, it's not your typical thing. It's, there's always going to be something interesting and fun and you'll have an experience that you won't have at some other restaurant. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that could really screw up too. And it didn't, you have flavors from all over and I've been to restaurants that I'm like, I don't know what I'm eating. I don't know where I am. This is confusing <laughs> my brain. But when I look at your menu and I see these flavors from different places, it just seems to go together. Like almost you're creating your own cuisine. Yeah, right. it was very important to us that it not feel like fusion. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Also, like allowing ourselves to like go to the places we want to go with respect to these cultures that we borrow from, and mm -hmm. you know, calling spades spades, and you know, it's not mm -hmm. the EXO is an example where it's like it's not exactly that, but we know what it, it's what mm -hmm. EXO is. We know where it comes right. from. We, it's important that we understand all those things. Mm -hmm. Did um, how was it going with the wine list? Because I know the very first time I looked at the list, I'm like, holy shit, I don't know any of these wines, like <laughs> zero. And Brian's like, what are you talking about? You know, and it's true. I'm a Rona. I, <laughs> I um, told Sandra, I'm like, we're in Sonoma. We can drink Sonoma wine whenever we want. People go I to agree and most of that, right? And I, I like again. I said, I think industry people will really appreciate. When someone's, you're getting a wine that's interesting, fun, tasty, delicious, goes really well with the food, regardless of where it's coming from. And you're delivering it a high quality product at a good price. So then I appreciate that instead of just going, oh, we're going to have a, this, this Chardonnay on because it's from this person that grows in Carneros or whatever. I mean, get me a, a white from Portugal that works well with that canned fish that I'm having and I'm a happy boy. Okay, but you're well, typical of a lot of people. <laughs> some, and Sandra, you know this from, from firsthand. Sometimes you've got to train your guests, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And you've done that with your wine list, and you've sort of made people come out of their comfort zone. And that, that's what I miss the most about working there is now I'm in a place where I'm selling Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, and Cabernet. And it's boring as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you can't get these people to, to try anything else. So when, when you make people jump out of their comfort zone, that's where the real fun is. And then it creates an experience and a memory for them that's different from everywhere else that they go. But that's a good point. That, like guest uh, epiphany moment is, yeah. is so special. And I think especially yeah. with wine because mm -hmm. there's so many pre Ideas. But it's harder when you don't have that free-flowing conversation to be able to share as much information or, you know, we know so many wines have these beautiful stories that once you tell the story, someone's hooked because they want to feel like they know that winemaker or that place. Mm -hmm. And so I think it makes it harder. Well, we managed to still have those conversations. And I think a lot of the success of the list currently is that we are primarily seeing a local audience and 
the locals here do, I think, really want to have something different. I mean, I'm from here and I did my WSET diploma while living here. I did the first part of my WSET career in New York where I had access to all sorts of stuff. Mm. But then doing my diploma here and having to go to tasting groups and taste classic wines and Greek wines and Hungarian wines and all this stuff. Mm. And I had to kind of go out of town to find these wines that I needed for my tasting group. There are a lot of people in the industry here mm. that are, interested in maybe getting Grillo from some vineyard, but have actually never tasted a Grillo in Italy. <laughs> right. Uh -huh. Want to have some context for that. Um, we're kind of here for them. Mm -hmm. In addition to having, you know, we're trying to have a list that is in some way, shape or form balanced 50-50 with international and domestic. Mm -hmm. The domestic stuff we have is still going to look a little different. Yeah, um, that's yeah. not going to see stuff that you see everywhere because we're working with grower producers generally, like really small products, really small, you know, just, just, we don't want, we don't really intend to have stuff here that you can go okay. to a tasting room a couple blocks away and, mm -hmm. and get, because you're going to get it. You're actually going to get a better experience going to the tasting room and talking to the winemaker, right. like you're saying, you're going to like, you're going to get a better and we that. want to have a place for those people that don't have a tasting room. Exactly. The people that can't sell direct to consumer because they don't have a tasting room or, you know, and we're really trying to drive people to these wineries that only have mailing lists that are, um, or just like only have online sales and have no other way of getting in front of people, but are doing right. really cool stuff locally. That's, um, that's what we're interested in, interested in highlighting a little bit more. Yeah. How many wines on the list about right now? Around 70. Wow. <laughs> Good for that, you. I couldn't find yeah, a copy of the cool. wine list. I found copies of the dinner menu and the lunch menu, but I couldn't find a copy of the wine list because I was really curious. You have to come in for it. All right. <laughs> That's great. It's really, really frequently because a lot of, you know, we don't have a big buying power right now. We want to have a diverse selection, but sometimes we're just buying like three bottles of something that we wow. think is cool. So um, it's just kind of always changing. That's sort of part of the business plan though. When you guys open was it's Valley Bar and Bottle. Like it's, it's part bottle shop. And they have a wine club as well. Are you guys still continuing with that? Yeah, it's we launched it last month. Um, so this is our second month. And yeah, it's it's fun. And again, the the purpose, you know, being winery side as much as I have as well, you know, the, the intention is to really kind of help also drive people towards the mailing list and the the direct buying from these wineries. So there's always one domestic wine that we really try to highlight and really try to like get in front of people and mm -hmm. in some way shape or form try to get people to go check out their this is in the bottle website. club yeah mm -hmm. referencing right. yeah. yeah very cool yeah. yeah retail retail bottle sales is you know always been a core um part of our business plan and know, our, are our the wines are they priced the same as if you were to drink it there or do you give a discount if they take them out? There's a discount. Yeah, it's 25% off the list price to take okay. it with you. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I think that's what we do. 
maybe 20. Oh, cool. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> even that. now it's like trying to, um, I mean, we went into this with probably $100,000 worth of wine. We had just gotten all of our wine that we made with all these different producers. So, you know, four barrels here, two barrels there, all the label costs, everything wow. like in March. Yeah, it was like, oh my God, you gotta be kidding me. We did 180 <laughs> cases of rosé with Adam Webb at Koshan. And I think it's like the third year he's done it. And mm -hmm. I was selling it, I was making $3 a bottle because I was like, what am I gonna do with this rosé? We sold out, thank God. But, you know, it's it was like, you have wine. We had, we had, I don't know how many pounds of bacon. We had bacon for a year, <laughs> Reading, charcuterie, salumi for the whole year. We were so prepared. So oh. it's like, okay, don't be so prepared and perfect. And then you won't have overage in your inventory problems. But that was a huge, huge lesson. And we're not making anything this year. I mean, we're not doing, we're just like, okay, it's not going to be the year, except we'll take some of Brian's wine. Yeah, you're not going to be the only one that's not buying wine or making wine this year, Sandra. It's going to be true. That's true. That's true. Well, it's a really tough year, no matter what. Yeah, and I, and I feel bad because you know I'm saying no to all the brokers because I still am sitting on so much wine mm -hmm. that how can I? I would love to buy new wine. I would love to be tasting, yeah. but what am I? I can't. It's yeah. it's horrible. So I feel for them. Yeah, you know, people trying um, to know, sell. There are definitely like silver linings to not having already been open. A lot of a lot of very hard things to not having been open. Like I think I was mentioning on our call with the city, like we have we can't get loans. We can't get like our PPP because we don't have any history of having had staff or having right. proof of economic injury. Yeah. But on the flip side, we have been able to open slowly and not have situations like that. So it's, you know, it's a trade off. I'm not sure what's better. I'm not gonna be the one to decide what's better or worse. But. <laughs> no, and you know, I mean, it's like live and learn, you know, live and yeah. learn. We, um, I, when we first opened in Glen Ellen, I didn't, I didn't plan on doing Roan. I didn't go, oh, you know, I love Roan. I'm going to do Roan. It happened completely by accident. And I only had enough money for 12 different wines, give or take, based on how much the cases were. And at that time, yeah. I had my checkbook in my back pocket. And when we sold out and I had money to buy a case of something else, and the feedback was great in the beginning. So it was okay to keep going and then say, oh, well, this is a good niche to have in wine country. And I mean, I did love those wines, but I, I didn't think it would go that way. But it has opened up the world um, on so many levels for us, um, you know, which is like, yeah, I wouldn't trade it in at this point. It's been really cool. Yeah. I think having a list that has a perspective, and that's the same way it was at Kala. Like, I knew yeah. that I only wanted... 40 wines max on the list there mm -hmm. ever yeah. so you want you, you kind of have to limit yourself in some ways because otherwise like what is your list saying if you yeah. can't get a bunch of stuff it, exactly and i mean it makes it easier for you I think focus is always a mm -hmm. yeah 
you know, to be able to say no to people because you have a direction. I mean, that is really helpful and be like, okay, don't write me that you want me to taste your Chardonnay because one, we, we don't carry Chardonnay. So, I mean, you get to eliminate disappointing people because of the list direction which is mm-hmm. helpful sometimes. And then, I mean, when we first started, there were like no grown varietals in California at all. I mean, we just was like, wow. Yeah. yeah. It's really cool. I'm excited for you. And what, we um, just celebrated International Grenache Day yes, on Friday. So things, things have turned around in the last 20 years. That was very fun. People were asking for Grenache. Yeah. <laughs> um, I taste, actually, I found a new um, wine, which was amazing, because I haven't really drank that much being home, but... Um, You're the only one. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And, and actually, our liquor sales have increased percentagely way more at the restaurant than I expected. So we're definitely selling more liquor on a percentage than we were. But um, Clementine Carter, who I did Uh, not know, she's also Casa Dumetz. Oh my God, her Grenache Blanc was so amazing. I'm like, could you please send a case? It was like the first case of something different I buy. Oh, good. Yeah, it was delicious. But um, yeah, that's probably people drinking Grenache. Yeah, it's our (laughs) special holiday. Yeah. yeah, we had we have you know a winery that comes and pours every day at the hotel, and Ledson was showed up on Grenache Day, and I made sure and contacted them ahead of time and said, you know, you guys, I know you guys make a Grenache, we just make sure and bring some. It's Grenache Day, it's kind of a big deal. So they showed up and they, they had Sauvignon Blanc and red table wine. Oh so my I, god! I, I called and I was like, wait, I thought you guys were bringing Grenache. So luckily he ran out of wine. They only gave him four bottles. He was like 20 minutes, he ran out of wine. So then I just started grabbing Grenache Blanc and Grenache Rosé. And I just pulled like six or seven bottles from the cellar and just had my own little Grenache day party out there. uh, Getting busy, that's great. Yeah. So anyway, I know you guys are busy and um, we agreed to be on a good time frame. So tell us, where are you? Where are you located? We are at 487 First Street West. So on the west side of the plaza facing the park, kind of south of Steiner's, north of Taub. Um, About a block from the girl in the fig. (laughs) thank you (laughs) Uh Uh and how do people make do do you do reservations only or take walk-ins we take walk-ins whenever we can we have a couple sidewalk tables that are for walk-ins specifically so there is always an option for walk-ins the patio is open for dinner service so from five to nine Mm -hmm. Thursday through Monday we take reservations on resi which you can find through the website or if you have the app and we are doing lunch um, every day that we're open as well from noon to four. That is uh, served in sort of a to-go format. We encourage people to take it home if they want to or back to their offices, but also um, across the street to the park. We really encourage people to picnic with that because the park is right there. And yeah, it's beautiful and shaded and yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah. And on Instagram, um, Mm-hmm. Oh. Bar and bottle. Yep. Okay. And how do you sign up for the wine club? Uh, Valleybarnbottle.com. Okay. Yeah, we'll and you can link on our website. 
directly for it with like an online intake form. Okay, cool. You can also sign up in person. All right. Yeah. Anything yeah. else you want to partake? You want to share? We have anything any, else? Any secrets that you have that you want to disclose on our show to our million listeners? Not yet. <laughs> you look like a Cheshire cat though right now. Like you got something <laughs> going on. We're, we're, we may, but Nice. I know it. I can always tell. But but yeah, we have to we have to hundred percent figure it out. Um, but yeah, right now just the lunch the lunch is a big focus for us. Um, trying to get the word out because we launched that the week that of the fires. So we launched it and then there was smoke and no one outside. Yeah. Well, it's supposed to be like a hundred degrees again Sunday and Monday. So we're really excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who gives a shit anymore, Sandra? It's 2020. Bring I don't it know on. why I do. I'm in the air conditioning. I don't know why I care. Oh, God. Well, it was so fun um, to talk to you guys and to see you in person and um, to hear about how things are going. Really, really yeah, happy for you. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much for having us. So exciting. Emma and Steph, hold on. Are you guys? Does that mean you guys are closed on Tuesday and Wednesday? We are. Okay. We're actually okay. coming to the Fairmont pool on, on uh, Tuesday afternoon. Are you? <laughs> Tomorrow? Are you, what, are you getting a cabana or something? You, or are you just getting a day pass? My parents are celebrating their 40th wedding anniversary. And oh, mazel tov. Yeah. yeah. Uh, treating themselves to a state, like a wine country staycation. Um, oh, Okay. Brian, you have to look out for them now. I'm yeah. not going to be there. I'm off Mondays and Tuesdays. But I will tell you, um, yeah. go over to the spa pools. There, yeah. it's you know over on the other side of the hotel. No kids allowed. It's very quiet. They play like that <laughs> meditation music that makes you feel like you're high. And I think even when you dive down underwater in the pool over there, I think they have speakers underwater or something. It's supposed to be I, pretty cool. Nice. I've done that before. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Yeah, so have fun, uh, Emma, while you're there. Tell yeah. your parents we said happy anniversary, you guys. Yeah. Congratulations on being open. Seriously, and, and, I'm so and, happy for you. And I'm like so we said, happy. I only hear good things. I have not heard one person say, "Oh, we they're went there bad. and we didn't like the experience." So well, it's you guys are gonna coming. you're gonna be successful. <laughs> yeah, they're coming. You just gotta keep rolling. That's all. Yeah. We just gotta keep rolling. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the support. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. Anytime you ever need anything, I don't think you do. You're doing great, but we're, you know, we're your neighbors. Yeah, um, even if you, I almost went and saw Sandra the other day. We almost ran out of uh, the three-ply printer paper. We thought we were out, and I was going to run to the girl in the thing and get some. So they're good like that. EDK, even yeah. though it's like a... It's like a war uh, sometimes with EDK and the girl in <laughs> the fig. Whenever they not, need stuff, they borrow. Not oh, anymore. Yeah. It's no. all good. Yeah, no, if you guys no. ever need anything, you can always run down there and grab it. Thank you. That's so awesome. Good. Well, keep up the good work. Can't wait to meet you guys in person when this is all over. And um, yeah, congrats. Thank congrats. you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. If you want to check out some of our past episodes, you can go to thebikegoeson.com. Got lots of information, content, uh, photos, and descriptions of all of the shows there for you. You can reach us on every platform. What did we just get onto, Sandra? A new platform? Uh, Amazon Music. Amazon, Amazon Music. Music. Okay. So if yeah. you're an Amazon Music person, you can check us out there. Thank you for listening, and we'll look forward to talking to you next week.